Welcome to the Emerging Temple broadcast. I am Michael Obeyer. I will be your guide for the rest of this broadcast. At Emerging Temple, we seek to analyze current events within the context of God's plan for mankind, in which he intends, at the end of time, to raise up a people who will rule with him. Before I go any further, I want to encourage you to like our page, to subscribe to our channel, and if there is a notification bell icon, I would like you to hit that bell so you can be notified anytime we upload new videos. I want to encourage you to like this page so that we can develop the number of likes that we have so that we can come up in the rankings because we have a message that is critical for this hour and this time. So thank you so much for those of you who are already doing so. If you'd like to support our ministry, you can visit our website at templeoftruth.us. That's www.templeoftruth.us. Or you can go to patreon.com and look for our handle, Emerging Temple. Okay? We're also streaming now with the online radio platforms, um, including Spotify, iTunes, and Google Music. There's a few others. If you want to see the full list of radio stations through whom we broadcast, you can go to our website, templeoftruth.us. And I thank you so much for those of you who've been communicating with us, sharing with us um, your thoughts about our message. We're very encouraged to hear from you. Uh, many of you are watching us through the um, platform, I mean, hundreds of, through the platform of Facebook and WhatsApp, etc. cetera. And um, that doesn't necessarily uh, reflect on our accounts here on YouTube, but it doesn't really matter. If we reach one person, and we're able to help transform the life of one person and develop that relationship you have with God, man, we've hit a home run, okay? So it's not all about the numbers for us. It's about it's about the fact that God is using us and we're grateful that you'll find us worthy, you know, to, you know, to be used at this time and this hour. Chapter 1, from verse 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered through throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Blessed, verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to his abundant mercy, hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So, we have been born again. Begotten again means we've been born again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that faded not away, reserved in heaven for you. Let's stop there for a second. It says, you've been born again unto a, what? Lively hope. So, we have been born into an expectation. The born again, in and of itself, is good, but it is not the end. It is the means to an end. And the end is that hope. The end is that hope. Verse 4 says that hope is an inheritance. Now, we are going to find out from Peter what that inheritance is. Peter says to us that 
it fades not away and it's reserved where? Well, I want to tell you something. I don't know about you, but I don't want to have to go to heaven to get my inheritance. I, I, I'm just telling you the truth. If I could get my inheritance now, because in heaven, I'm telling you, there's no homeless person there. Uh, you know what I'm there's, there's, no, there's, no, there's no bad economy there. There's no foreclosure there. There is none of that there. So, even though my inheritance is in heaven, God, can I get some of it now? Doesn't that make... Wouldn't you like that? Okay. What if I can show us from the Bible that even though our inheritance is reserved for us in heaven, that didn't say you won't get it till you get to heaven. It's just telling you where it's at. The bank account. The, my money's at the bank. Okay, and then you start crying. Oh, I can't get any money. No, you can always go to the ATM and pull some out. So verse 5 says, this is for those of us who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation that is ready to be revealed when? In the last time. Now, are you saved? Okay. Which other salvation is this that is going to be revealed in the last time? Verse 6. Wherein you greatly what? Rejoice. Rejoice. So now for how long? For a little while. If need be. In other words, if you've got some problem in your life. Huh? If you've got some problem in your spiritual life. You're not really where God wants you to be. If need be, you are in heaviness through manifold trial, manifold temptation. Somebody needs some temptation. And the temptation we're talking about here is not sin. It's talking about hardship, financial hardship, health hardship, uh, family problems, whatever it is. It's working for your good, if need be. Huh? If you don't need it, then he doesn't give it. If need be, that's what he says. If need be, you are in heaven is through manifold trials. Verse 7, that the trial of what? Your faith being much more precious than of gold which perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of who? Okay. Now, I have a question for you. When will Jesus Christ appear? <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Amen. And we're going to see that from the scripture. It's not talking about the appearing of Jesus Christ at the last day. But it's talking about when Jesus finally shows up in that circumstance, that trial, that situation that you are in currently. So we're reading the scriptures according to the way God wrote it. Not according to the interpretation we have received from men in time past. Verse 8. Whom having not seen, you love. In whom though now you see him not, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Now, so your faith has an end. In other words, it has a purpose. The purpose is the salvation of your what? 
So, now I have a question for you. Are you saved? Is your soul saved? So which salvation, again, does your soul need? Verse 10, it says, Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you? Searching what, or what manner of time, the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify, when it testified beforehand, the sufferings of who? Do you have any sufferings in your life? Did Paul say he was completing the sufferings of Christ in the body? Did Paul say so? Paul said so. He said he was completing the sufferings of Christ in the body. And if Paul was called to complete the sufferings of Christ in the body, so are you also called to complete the sufferings of Christ in the body. And that's what he's talking about here. So when he testified before the sufferings of who? Christ. You think he's talking about just Jesus Christ? No, he's talking about the body of Christ. But then he says, and the glory that should what? Follow. In other words, there should be a reward for this suffering that you are experiencing, which you are experiencing in Jesus' name. Keep your fingers there for a second. I just had a word that came to my mind. I want us to take a look at it. Keep your fingers there. We're coming back. Look at First um, Corinthians chapter 15. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 23. Just look at that verse. I'm not going to go into it too much, but we'll come back to it some other day. But tonight, we want to take a look at First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 23, and see who Christ is. But every man in his own what? Christ what? Plural or singular? Christ the first fruits, afterward, they that are what? Christ's at his what? Coming. Christ is plural there for a reason. This here refers to, to what we call the first fruits company. Alright. And then afterwards, the rest of the church. To he that overcomes, shall I give to sit with me on the tree of life. Alright. One more scripture. One more scripture before we go back to Peter. Because we're trying to understand verse 11 of chapter 1 in Peter, right? We're trying to understand when he's talking about the sufferings of Christ. I'm saying it's not just talking about the sufferings of Jesus Christ. It's talking about the sufferings of Christ. It's talking about the sufferings of you as long as these sufferings are the sufferings that God allows you to go through to bring you into glory. Not sufferings because you're an evildoer. Not suffering because you're busy causing other men's business. Peter talks about that. See that? Alright. So, one scripture. We go to Revelation. Before we come back to Peter. And look at Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20, verse 4 to 6. And I saw what? Thrones. And what? Those. Was it one person? Okay. And they sat upon them. And judgment was given to him. Judgment was given to who? They were given authority to judge. And I saw the souls of them that were what? Beheaded for the witness of Jesus. And for the word of God. And which had not worshipped the beast. This wicked system in which you live. Neither his image. Neither had received his mark upon their foreheads. Or in their hands. And they lived and reigned what? With Christ a thousand years. Verse 5. But the rest 
of the dead live not again until what? The thousand years. The thousand years were finished. This is the what? First. First resurrection. Now, I have a question for you. Do you believe every Christian was there in verse 5? In verse 4? So, this is for those who overcame. They partook in what we call the first resurrection. Now, the first resurrection doesn't just speak about chronology. The first resurrection doesn't just speak about chronology. The first resurrection speaks about quality. Now, let's go on to verse 11. The same Revelation, chapter 21. And I saw a great white throne. And what? Ah, in this judgment, there's only, in this throne, there's only one person sitting here now. See, the first one we saw, there was a group of people judging. Over here, we see just one person. Judging. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose faith the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God and the books were what? Opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written where? In the books. How many books has God given us? That's one word. But God is judging us from many books here, according to their works. Then also, verse 13, And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every man, according to their what? And death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written where? In the book. Everybody, see that? They were judged out of those things that were written where? In the book. But if you were not found in the book, see that? The books represent the individual life of all men. The book is Jesus Christ. And if you are not found in Him, so you say, oh, I was very good. I gave money to the poor. I did all these things. Great. God's going to look at all those things. And guess what? If you are written in the book, you also get a reward for all those good things. But if you did all those great things, but you were not found in the book, you were cast into the lake of fire. Now, notice this is a totally different crew now from the first resurrection crew. There are people here who are saved because they are found in the book. But they were not in the first resurrection because they did not overcome. They just lived a Christian life. They went to church every Sunday. Mm -hmm. huh? But thank God for that. Because their name is written what? In the book. But there were another group of people who wanted more. Who wanted something deeper. And this crew partook of the anastasis, the outer resurrection. What Paul said, he doesn't consider himself as at that time yet to have attained, but he's pressing on towards the mark so he might attain to the anastasis, the outer resurrection, or the first resurrection. So we go back to Peter. You see, you see, the Bible interprets the Bible. So you're studying the book of the Revelation and you're seeing all this imagery and all of this stuff. Well, if you don't first understand what Peter and John and all the apostles are talking about, 
then it seems coded to you. You don't seem to understand. And you, you find people writing, I see books written by great authors. Man, beautiful big books. And they have all this picture of all these dragons with seven heads. And this and it says, there's the Pope and it's the United Nations and it's this and it's that. And listen, listen, listen. Look, if those guys are the only problem we got, we have no problem. Let's go back to Peter. We were in um, verse 11 of chapter 1. Okay, we just read that. What they talk about the sufferings of Christ. And I said to you that the sufferings of Christ is the suffering that Jesus experienced, yes. But also the sufferings that you continue to experience because you chose to live a godly life. You chose not to receive the mark. So you will inherit that salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. An inheritance reserved for you in the heaven. Not the one you already have now. Not born again now. You already got that one. But there's one other one reserved for you in the heavens. Ready to be revealed in the last time. Verse 12. Unto those prophets of the Old Testament. It was revealed. That not unto themselves, but unto us, they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. Which things the angels desire to what? Understand. There's some mystery that the angels want to understand. And when you and I come together, they come here saying, Man, I'm hoping these people are going to have some food for us tonight. I'm hoping these people are going to be able to pull from the Father's throne. Because it is there that God has given the keys to the pantry. <laughs> <laughs> but when they come, we're all busy trying to show off our new car and, you know, our new white dress and all that, you know. And Pastor didn't let me sit in the front row. And, ah, you're there. And there's no food. Mm-hmm. And the angels leave disappointed. And so, Verse 13 says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is brought unto you at the what? Revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former what? Lust or impulse in your ignorance. Verse 15, But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conduct. He's showing you the way now. See what is going on now? See what he's now saying? Now he's not telling you the things that are not optional. If you say, look, Brother Mike, I want to make it. I want to be there. I want to, I want to, I want to attain to the echinostasis. I want to be in the first resurrection. Now he's going to tell you how to get there. That's what Peter's about to tell you now. Okay? Verse 16. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And if you call on the Father, who without respect of persons, judgeth, every, uh, judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conduct, received by tradition from who? Your ancestors. Precious blood of Christ. As of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Who verily was foreordained before the what? Foundation of the world. But was manifest in these last times for you. I'm going to stop there and go into some and, and continue with Peter. 
in chapter 2. From verse 11. Let's take from verse 11. But I, want to make, I want to concentrate on the things Peter talked about you working on so you can make it. Because we're following Peter tonight to see about making it. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11 to 19. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, as abstain from what? Fleshly lust, which do what? So, for example, what are the desires of the flesh? Recognition. Alright? Recognition. Uh, money. Uh, a, a big home. Okay? These are the desires of the flesh. Are they bad? No. If I have a PhD, don't I want people to refer to me as doctor? Huh? Don't I want people calling me, hey, John? No. I'm, I'm Dr. John. <laughs> no. But guess what? If you have a problem where you cannot be called Mike, you have to be called Reverend Mike, Pastor Mike, it tells you you have a problem. Do you understand? There's something in there. Okay? No problem. God wants to work on it. And that's why Peter is talking to us right now. Verse 12. Having your conduct honest among the unbelievers, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers. Look, most unbelievers don't speak against us as evildoers. They call us friends. <laughs> we just flow with them. We just fight with them. Because <laughs> I'm looking, I'm trying to think, you know, well, Jesus, am I okay because... Most people are not calling, they're not talking bad against me. In fact, they love me. Nothing must be wrong with me. Yeah? So they may be, that they might by your good works, which they behold, glorify God in the day of what? Verse 13. Submit yourself to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme, or unto governors as unto them that are sent by the king. For the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. So, for example, God says to us, pay your taxes. You say, I'm an evangelical conservative Christian. I don't believe I should pay taxes. The government is taking too much money from me. Uh-huh. What did God say? Pay your taxes also, for he's God's minister unto these things. Yes, you have the right that vote for who will cut your taxes and all that. But I see people saying they're not going to give, they're not going to pay taxes. Say because one of, there's a brother I really like, he's a good minister, he's in jail now. Because he refused to pay taxes because he felt as a pastor he shouldn't pay taxes. Uh, because it's something about, the bottom line is this. Bottom line is this. The Bible says, pay your taxes. Even if Uncle Sam says that you are tax exempt, Thank God for that. But the Bible says, pay your taxes. So who do you obey? Uncle Sam or God? See, the ministers don't like me when I preach about this. Uh, they don't like this. They say, you know, no, churches shouldn't pay taxes. Look, I wish churches don't have to pay taxes. But what I can't find is a scripture to back that. The only scripture I see says, pay your taxes. Now, you can say, oh, it's a trust for this, for that. I get that. And as long as the law of the land allows us not to pay, fine. But if the law of the land comes back tomorrow and says you have to pay, please don't go causing any problems and say, it's my right, our forefathers fought for this country. And listen, it says you didn't get this thing from your forefathers. 
or from the blood of the Lamb. Amen. I hope I'm talking to somebody. You know what I'm saying? Because I know a lot of people watch my videos. Huh? They yeah. love to watch my videos. I know that. And they get to read watch them. But I want them to get this understanding. All right. Okay. Uh, Fifteen. For so is the will of God that with well doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free. You know, if you have a right, huh? You got your constitutional right. <laughs> is that also? Yes, as free, but not using that freedom for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God, honor all men. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. Servants, be subject to your what? Masters with all reverence. That word is reverence. Not only to the good and gentle, but also to the forward. Sometimes I would have people who used to work with me, and my pastors, you know, ministers, whatever, would just come out unconsciously. And I would just test them to see something, and I'll see them express their, their rights. You know, I'm American. And they're born again. And I watch it and I say, Did they read this? Now, thank God your, your, your manager is a born again Christian. But what if I wasn't? What if I was a non believer? Okay? And I don't want to push you around or whatever, but sometimes I want to see what is this thing? You say you're a Christian. If your boss says to you, do something you don't you don't like, as long as it's not contrary to God, that's what your boss said. If you don't like the job, quit. But you can't keep a job and at the same time be having, you know, whatever your boss says, say, yes, boss. That's what the Bible says. Why? Because it's not, whether you know it or not, it's God dealing with you through that boss. Do you understand? And Paul says, guess what Paul said? He said, are you called being a slave? When they use slave in the Bible, the King James, they mean servant most times. Okay? Are you called being a servant? Are you in a position where you are a W-2 worker for somebody? Where the person controls your time? Tells you when to come in, when to leave? Paul says, care nothing for that. But, if you get your freedom, he said, take it. So guess what? If you've got a boss that is mean and you don't like them, and you get an opportunity for another job someplace else, Paul said, take it. He's not telling you, stay there. There's only one place God has told you to stay that you can't leave. And that is a marriage to a husband or a wife who believes in Jesus but is faithful to you but has some character flaws that gets to you. I see some pastors sometimes they say they're leaving their wife. And I say, Pastor, you don't understand. That's not in the scripts. <laughs> say, no, Brother Mike, you don't understand. I said, it's not in the scripts. You see, the sister said, I can't take it anymore. I'm leaving it. I, okay, what happened? Say, no, no, I just, I can't take it anymore. The way he talks to me. Said, it's not in the scripts. <laughs> see that? So, these things I'm talking about, I digress. I talk about work. I talk about marriage. I talk, I'm trying to tell us what Peter is saying about the price and the way to grasp and attain the inheritance reserved for you in heaven. Okay, so, verse 19. 
For this is thankworthy, if a man, for conscience toward God, endure grief, suffering, wrongful. Okay? Now, let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 3. I'm oh, sorry. 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. We'll take it from verse 2. And we'll go from verse 2 to 12. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through what? Okay. Now, if, if, if the apostle says to you, grace, huh? what we sometimes refer to as unmerited favor, huh? the, uh, the open door and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of somebody. Would you want to come and get that knowledge once a week? I mean, come on! You want to get it every day! I mean, if, there is, if just knowing somebody gives me grace, gives me peace. If I don't have grace, and I don't have peace, then I say, where is this person? Let me find out. I want to know more about him. Because it says, as I know him, grace and peace is multiplied to me. Alright. Verse 3. According as his divine power had given unto us all things that pertain unto what? Life. In other words, if I need to get home from here, I'm better off driving than walking home. Is that answer? I could walk home, but it's much, there's more grace if I can drive home. Now, that's a part of my life. That's my life circumstance. And he says, he'll give me all things that pertain unto life and living right in that life. So now I don't have a car to get home. I have a choice. I could see a car over there and go to the old lady and say to her, hey, give me that key. I get into a car and drive home. Okay. Now, but that takes me home. All right. So since I can't, I don't want to do that. I choose not to do that then I have to live righteously. So, he has given me all things that pertain unto life and godliness. So, a lot of people, if you look at them, they will tell you this man is worth $40 billion. $60 billion. And you think this man is so smart. He's so intelligent. He's so this. I am telling you, they have done all manner of things. The Bible says so. <laughs> the Bible says so. So you look at yourself struggling, trying to make ends meet. There's nothing wrong with you. You are trying to live godly. You are trying to attain the things that pertain unto life through godliness. And he says, through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. See? So the reward and godliness. See, the second time he's talked to you that you get it, you obtain it through Knowing him. Okay? Verse 4. In which, or whereby, by walking in this godliness, right? Whereby giving unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye may be partakers of the what? The divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through what? Lust. So, Knowledge of Jesus Christ, walking godly, knowledge of Jesus Christ, and walking godly, through these things, you will become a partaker of the divine nature. I'll repeat again what Peter is trying to say to us. Through knowledge of Jesus Christ, 
as living godly, you and I will obtain the divine nature. Now, after these two things, he's going to go on in verse 5 and tell you some other things you should add to your quest. Verse 5 says, And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith what? Virtue. And to virtue what? Knowledge. And to knowledge, self-control. And to temperance, or self-control, patience. And to patience, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things be in you and about, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Now, do you see knowledge in verse 5? You see, that is different from knowledge in verse 8. So these are small, 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 little, little things that bring you to the thing that really matters most, which is knowledge of who? The Lord Jesus Christ. Let me explain to you this, because somebody might be a bit confused here. Jesus Christ said in the book of John, He said, Father, this is eternal life that they might know you and Jesus whom you have, Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And we know eternal life is not about just living forever. It's about the divine nature. And Jesus says, this is eternal life that they might know you and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So that's what Peter is referring to here. He's saying, you need to do all these things to help you obtain the main thing, which is the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Verse 9. But whoever lacks these things, you're a born again Christian. He's not talking to the world, remember. The world doesn't have these things. He says, but whoever lacks these things is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. This is a Christian. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your what? Calling and election sure. If you do these things, ye shall never fail. So you've been called to something. Verse 11. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into what? Oh, I thought you were going there before. I thought you were born again. And because you're born again, you're going to the kingdom. Don't look like it from scripture. Does it? It tells you all the things you've got to do. And even then, notice, it says an entrance will be ministered unto you. A door will open for you to get into the kingdom. That was why you received the message this week that gave you something about this gospel of the kingdom. Not salvation now. Of the kingdom shall be preached in all the earth, and then shall the end come. You see that now? This is Christian is writing to. He says, if you now is he saying you have to do all these things to go to heaven? No. No. So what is he talking about? His kingdom here. The kingdom knows there's something, not just here, the, there's whatever. Here, there, whatever it is, there's some price to pay to be found in there. I don't care whether you 
come and tell me your Jehovah's Witness, and one day God will come and I'll be able to sit with snakes and, and, and rat lions, they won't bite me, fine. Well, I don't care what you think it is. <laughs> this is the way to get there. This is the way to get there. He does not talk about born again. He says, listen, after you're born again, if you don't have these things, you are what? Blind. And he's excited. So he's not saying you're not a Christian. He's not saying you're not saved. He's <laughs> just find a way. You have no clue what you're doing. And that's what's going on with us. And that's what we're trying to do. And men and women don't stay long enough to get the message. They want to try to find what bottle they can fit this into. And there is no bottle out there made for this. The last scripture I would like us to take a look at is in the book of Jude. I'm, I'm sorry, the book of James. And why I wanted us to look at James is because James is trying to tell you that in this life, you will get a reward after hardship. And he gives you some examples. Thank you. Starting from verse 7. Okay, we can take from verse 7. He said, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. You remember what we said about the coming of the Lord, right? We said, when you read the coming of the Lord, we're not just talking about the final day when Jesus comes. We're talking about Jesus coming in your circumstance, in the problem that you are having. And we're going to see James talking about the same thing. Okay? He said, Behold, the farmer, or husbandman, waited for what? The precious fruit of the earth, and had long patience for it until he received the early and latter rain. So you, as a husbandman, you're worked. You're waiting for something. But you've got to have patience. What Peter was just telling us. Okay? Eight. Be also patient. Establish your heart. Strengthen your heart. For the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. He is not just talking about the final day coming. Which is how we've been taught this all these years. But the Holy Ghost is opening our eyes and supporting it with scripture. Which he will do soon. Verse 9. Grudge not one against another, brethren. You know, when a ship is sinking, people don't start trying to be nice to each other. Everybody is grabbing the closest life vest that's there. So he's telling you, no, 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 don't do that. Don't panic. Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Please watch. Okay? Take, my brethren, the who? Take, he says, take for verse 10, he says, Take, my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of what? Suffering, affliction, and of patience. So he says, okay, guys, listen. Take, for example, Job. Take, for example, Elijah. Take, for example, Moses. Take, for example, whoever else you know that had a rough time at some time. Sorry. Did they say, I'm going to suffer this and then one day when I go to heaven I'll get my reward? That's exactly what he's trying to say. So he's trying to tell you here, he says, verse 11, Behold, we count them happy. These guys, we, you know what I mean? And this word happy, I don't even think that's the right word. There, we count them blessed which endure. You know, as we think about Job, we say, wow, Job was blessed, man. But we don't expect that for ourselves. We expect to constantly be unable to pay our bills. We expect to constantly be having problems with our children. We expect to constantly be having ourselves in tough circumstances situations. And James is trying to say to you, no, it's for a season. He says, 
Ye have heard of the patience of Job, and have seen the end of who? And the Lord is very pitiful, and of what? Why is he trying to tell you that? He's trying to tell you, don't worry. He's going to, he's not, look, let me tell you something. If I'm going through a hardship right now, and then God's mercy is that, don't worry, one day I'll die and go to heaven. Well, you don't need to write that in the Bible for me. Thanks a lot, God. Okay? <laughs> exactly. And that's what he's trying to say. These guys didn't receive their blessings when they went to heaven. They've all gone to heaven. He's trying to say God showed up for them in this time. Verse 12. But above all things, my brethren, swear not, neither by heaven, neither by the earth, neither by any other oath, but let your year be year, and your nay nay, lest you fall into condemnation. So what he's saying here is this. Don't become so flustered that you go and bind yourself to a foreigner. Don't, go, don't become so flustered that you, like Job did. Huh? Don't find yourself in such a circumstance where things are so hard for you that you go and uh, go on, how would I put it? You undersell yourself. That's what he's talking about. See? Verse 13. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with what? In the name of the Lord. By the way, in the Old Testament, God says the anointing oil should not touch any skin. So the oil talked about here is not olive oil. It's not, it's not natural oil. It's the laying on of hands and the transference of the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. Alright. Verse 15. And the what? Prayer of faith shall save the sick. Not the oil. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if he had committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another. And pray one for another. That he may be what? Healed. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three and a half years. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, and one convert him, let him know that he which converted the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death, and shall purge a multitude of sins. The sum of what we have looked at today is this, that there is hope for you and I. You have desires, you have dreams, you have things that you believe, you, you used to believe God for, but you believe God could do it, but today you know God must do it. Uh, the other one say, you know, but whether you know it or not, what He's doing in you and in me right now is the answer to what we need. And He's working on us to prepare us to be able to obtain that just like he did for Job. Just like he did for Elijah. And that's what Jude is saying here. Okay? The, the, the main scripture I want you to see in James, as I keep saying Jude, in James, is verse 11. It says, You count them blessed which endure. You have heard of the patience of Job. Okay? That's what you're seeing. So, whether it's James, whether it's Peter, they all talk to us about the fact that there is something we can obtain in this time. But 
We have to choose a new lifestyle. We can no longer live the way we used to live before. We now begin to now need to begin to walk in an orderly fashion. Praise God. Amen. So I solicit your prayers. I solicit your support. Okay, I want to thank you for your time. For those of you who have been faithful, you know, uh, supporting this work, for being involved, sharing these videos. Okay, don't be, don't, don't, don't get weary. Don't be weary. Don't get tired. Your strength is supposed to come brighter and brighter every day. Okay, keep pressing on. Share these videos with your family and friends. Start watch parties on Facebook. Over this video so your friends and family can discuss it. Okay, and continue to write us. Write me through Facebook. Write me through. You know, the, the comment section here on YouTube. Okay? So I want to encourage you. Thank you so much for the way you've been supporting us. Thanks so much for all that you've been doing. We really appreciate it. Remember what I said. If you want to continue listening to us, do I order? You can always go, okay, to our website. You can see the online radio channels that you can get us through. Like I mentioned um, Apple's iTunes. I read Apple iTunes. I mentioned um, Spotify and I think Google. You can also, you know, there are other platforms also through which you can hear us through audio, okay? I want to encourage you to subscribe to our channel and to, you know, hit the like buttons. Hit the like buttons. I can't say that enough. Every time you want these videos through YouTube, hit the like buttons. Now, if you're watching through Facebook or you're watching through some other video like WhatsApp, it's not going to show here, so we won't be able to see your like. But if you're watching through YouTube, I want to encourage you. Or Facebook, wherever it is, I want to encourage you. Hit that like button. Okay, hit that like button. It matters to us. Okay, thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for everything that you've been doing, you know, by watching our videos. Okay, in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be on the road, but wherever I am, I'm going to be broadcasting from there. So the broadcast is still going to keep going. Okay, so thank you so much, everybody. God bless you. See you soon.